Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake, and I am not joined by anyone. I am little Frankie No Friends. In this episode of the Chaps Chat Cats, a preview episode, flying solo. Don't even know if this is the first time I've done this on the Chaps or not, but it's definitely the first time this season. No Sambo, no Johnny. Hectic period in life with work and things. So we're getting it done how we can get it done. And what we're getting done is an AFLW Week 5 preview. The Cats and the Demons. A massive test for Geelong. I believe it's the first time we've played the Melbourne Demons in the AFLW competition, which is kind of insane to think that the comp has been around, what is this now? It's eighth season, and these two clubs have never met. Um, yeah, kind of crazy. Uh, and it figures as a massive test. So that's what we're getting into uh, tonight. I say we, me the speaker, you the listener. Uh, We'll preview all that. I'll also pop behind the Patreon curtain to give you my Patreon match predictions. If you want that part of the show, if you want the video version of the show, $3.50 US per month to subscribe on the Chaps Chat Cats Patreon. Without any further mucking around, let's dive into it. Uh, this game, as I said, the first time we're facing off against the Ds and, you know... A massive test in the context of the season. For those, you know, who haven't maybe followed the AFLW right from the beginning, Melbourne have, you know, they're one of the original clubs. They've been one of the powerhouses. They've been a club that, you know, got close to premiership success on so many occasions. They've been there or thereabouts pretty much throughout the the history of the league, you know, between themselves, Brisbane, the Crows in terms of, you know, uh, repetitions of of successful seasons. The, the Ds are right up there. They finally broke through last year to claim a premiership in 2022 season B. So they, Daisy Pierce, club champion, champion of the game, retired with a premiership medal, now coaching for the Cats men's team. Um, so th- this is as big as it gets. This is as big a challenge as this team uh, Geelong have faced this season. Uh, as I said, it ranks up there as one of the toughest games you'll ever have on your AFLW schedule. If it's the Crows, if it's the Lions, if it's the Demons, they are the the sort of powerhouse clubs uh, throughout the the young history of the league. So it's something I'm really looking forward to. It's as you know, as history has proven, it's not every season you get to measure yourself up against these kind of teams with the season being as short as it is in terms of fixturing. And if you're not making finals, you know, which Geelong have only made finals twice in their history, uh, you don't always get to play the teams like Melbourne. You don't always get to play the Crows or, or, or the Lions. So this is, this is as true a measuring stick moment for the 2023 Cats as you could ask for. This is not only the team who won the whole thing last season. It's a team that has had historic 
success in terms of games won and that sort of thing. It's also a team that is absolutely red hot coming into this game. If you look at Melbourne's results so far, they won by 42 points against Collingwood back in round one. And that was a game where Collingwood actually started quite strong. And then Melbourne absolutely ran over the top of them in the second half. They win that game by 42 points, 73 to 31. The next week, they go up to Monica Oval and play the GWS Giants. They beat them 99 to 22, so a 77-point win there. Round three at Casey Fields, they host the Bulldogs. They win that one by 42 points, 83 to 41. And last weekend, uh, traveling to play Hawthorne, the Ds win 70 to 11. They win by 59 points. So four games into the season, the Ds have played two home, two away. They've won by 42 points, 77 points, 42 points, and 59 points. The closest result that this team has faced this year is a seven-goal win. They've done that twice. That, that's their close results, have been 42-point victories. So they have put everybody they've played to the sword. Um, they're absolutely red hot. And uh, this is massive. If the North Melbourne game for the Cats felt like a, a bit of a measuring stick moment, I mean, this feels like that, but, you know, three or four times. Um the, the significance, the challenge. It's all happening at Cadinia Park, 6.15 p.m. on Thursday evening. So it's exciting. It's, it's for me, as a Cats fan, as, as a fanalist podcasting about it, um, it's nerve-wracking as well because this is where, you know, we can theorize and talk about being in a premiership window, being a flag contender, all that sort of thing. And then you actually have to face the other teams who have already proved their credentials. And it's an exciting challenge, but it's also a bit nerve wracking because you're like, well, what, what is going to happen here? Is, is our concept going to stand up against their football uh, or are we going to be found wanting? So I, I'm, I'm nervous about it. I'm also really excited, uh, as I said the opportunity to play a team that's been this good, uh, that's coming off a flag themselves. You, you just don't get that opportunity outside of finals very often. So um, they are by far our biggest challenge yet. Uh, but we also could claim to be Melbourne's biggest challenge yet. Um, you know, they faced Collingwood, who currently sit outside of finals, the Giants, the Dogs, who are winless at the moment, the Hawks, who I think might have one victory to their name. Geelong is the highest-ranked opponent that the Demons have played. So this is one of those games. It is the champ versus a challenger. And as much as we are going to want to give Melbourne our best shot, they are going, you know, champion teams love to lay down a marker against a challenger. They would love nothing more than to come down to Cadinia Park, take care of us, and leave the Cats with some serious doubts. So it's a massive game. It, it's as big as they come. Let's talk about some team selection, the ins and outs for the Cats. We've got those team ins and outs here. So there's two changes to the lineup for the Cats uh, from the side that beat Port Adelaide over in Adelaide last weekend. And that is 
Rachel Kearns is omitted with knee soreness, I believe it said in the article. Um, yeah, knee soreness says the club takes a conservative approach. Brooke Plummer is omitted. Julia Crocker Grills returns to the side. I believe she had a suspension last week, which is why she was out. Abby McDonald also comes back into the team. So, look, both these changes make a fair bit of sense to me. I really thought that Abby McDonald in the first couple of games, now whether she got a heap of touches or not, the disposal she did have, the times where she was on the ball, I thought she acquitted herself really, really well. And, you know, both she and Plummer are similar players. Uh, I thought that watching the VFLW this season, you know, Abby McDonald probably elevated her stock a lot this season. Um, I think it makes some sense. I think getting Abby McDonald into the team again, um, obviously Brooke Plummer will be disappointed, but this is part of being a part of a team that is, you know, competitive and contending. There's, you know, there's a lot of players who are fighting for spots. And if you're not on your absolute A game, then someone else will get picked ahead of you. It can be a team balance thing. It can be a form thing. Um, but I, I was really excited to see Brooke Plummer back in the side. You know, last week, I feel for her that she's been omitted. But at the same time, I am also excited for Abby McDonald, who had an absolute cracker of a VFLW campaign uh, when she played and, you know, is also deserving of getting a go at this level. Uh, Julia Crockett Grills back in, you know, brings so much experience into a game uh, against the D's that we're going to need all of that. We're going to need her experience, her hard ball winning ability to give you a bit of sort of context about the experience, the relative experience for these two teams. If you look at the all time sort of stats for the cats and the D's in terms of games played, the most games for the cats, uh, have been Julia Crockett Grills, who's played 46 games, Mega, uh, Megatron McDonald, who's played 46, Becky Webster, who's played 41, Amy McDonald, who's played 40. So those four players have each played 40 or more games. The Demons have had in their history 14 players who have played 40 or more games. Uh, they've had... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight players who have played 50 or more games. They've had four players who have played 60 or more. Many of these players who have played all these games are in this current D's side. Paxi Paxman, you know, Lily Mithen. Uh, you look at players like Kate Hoare, Tyler Hanks, uh, Alyssa Bannon. This is a super deep talented, experienced Melbourne side. And, and, you know, you only have to look at things like games played to see that difference. Um, and as I said, this is a great moment for the Cats to test their proof of concept, uh, you know, uh, their concept against a team that's already done it, against a club that is already well and truly established. In terms of the player, like, personnel part of it too there's a lot of crossover like i talked earlier about daisy pierce having you know been a champion of the aflwd's uh club captain a premiership player all those sorts of things you know and now coaching at the cats in the men's ranks 
There's a lot of other crossovers. Shelly Scott, uh, who's not playing in this game for the Cats, but she played 49 games at Melbourne before coming over to the Cats last season. You look at a player like um, Chantel Emonson, played 22 games for the Ds. Jacqueline Parry played 22 games for the Ds. You know, all these players who are now becoming key contributors for the Cats started, you know, with contributions for Melbourne. And it flows back the other way as well. Olivia Purcell, who was a midfield star for the Cats for a number of seasons, now plies her trade with the Ds. And and she is a player who has been playing some really magnificent football for them this season. If you look at some of their key contributors this year, um, it's players like uh, Tyler Hanks, who is currently averaging, uh, just trying to get it to work here, 24.2 disposals at 77.7% efficiency, nearly three marks, nearly four tackles per game, and six and a half clearances per game. So Tyler Hanks is in absolutely ripping form. So too is former cat Olivia Purcell, averaging 24 touches, four tackles, and three clearances per game. In terms of the goal-kicking threats for the Ds, it's Eden Zanka with two goals per game. It's Kate Hall with two and a half goals per game. Alyssa Bannon is averaging 1.8 goals per game. This Ds team is absolutely loaded. They're the reigning premiers for a reason. They're an absolute super, super club, super team. So those are some of the names, you know, to to keep an eye and an ear out for. Um, Tyler Hanks and Olivia Purcell uh, are going to form that engine room along with players like Paxman um, for the Ds. For the Cats, I mean, you know them. <laughs> it is your Amy McDonald's, your Nina Morrison's, your George Parkers's. This is a big testing moment for them too, going up against a midfield like Melbourne's. It's yeah, it's it's a huge test on all fronts, on all levels. I don't really feel that Melbourne have a lot of sort of glaring weaknesses that you can expose. Um, they are, as I said, they've they've thrashed everyone they've played so far this season, and they're coming off a flag, so it's a huge challenge. Uh, let's talk about one thing we want to see. One thing I want to see. Uh, and I might actually even do a couple uh, if we can. I want to see a big third quarter from the Cats, whether we're on top, whether we're in a close game, whether we're trailing, you know, whether we're two goals or 10 goals up or whether we're two goals or 10 goals down after halftime. I want to see, you know, us turn around some of that stuff that we've had going on in the third quarter. We talked about it on the recap pod uh, a couple of days ago that the third quarter has been a real struggle for the cats. It's it's the only quarter this year where we're averaging, you know, where we're behind on the season. I think we're down 20 points on the season in that quarter. Every, all the other quarters were up. We've been great in the first quarter. We've blown teams away. We haven't conceded a goal in the first quarter this season as yet. So. I want to see us come out after halftime 
you know, obviously you want to see us continue to do what we've done in the first half. You know, you're not saying, well, you know, we can start slow as long as we finish hard. That's not true either. We, we want to see, you know, four quarters of the Cats playing their best footy. And that's obviously going to be really hard to do against this Melbourne team. But I, as I said, regardless of what the result is, regardless of what the margin is, I do want to see us come out and make a bit of a statement after halftime because I do think these are the things that can start to get in a team's head uh, and particularly against really quality opposition. You know, it, it's one thing to take your foot off the gas a little bit against Port Adelaide or against the Swans um, or against the, the Dogs who, you know, uh, have sort of been a bit weakened this season. It's another thing to do it against North Melbourne who showed what happens when you do it against an experienced team. If you take your foot off the gas against North Melbourne, against Brisbane, against the Crows, against a team like the Ds, you are going to get found out and beaten because all of these teams are capable of not only shutting you down, but most of those teams are also capable of scoring heavily, particularly a team like Melbourne. Um, as I said, their their lowest score this season is 70 points. They've scored 73, 99, 83, and 70. And they've conceded 30, 31, 22, 41, and 11 last week. So I want to see us bring a focused effort and performance after halftime, whether we're leading or whether we're trailing. Um Another thing I'd love to see, I would love to see that that goalless first quarters, uh, you know, no goals conceded in the first quarters. I would love to see that run extend to a fifth consecutive week. That would be amazing. If we can hold the Ds uh, without a goal in the first quarter, I'd be super happy. Um, so I, I'd love to see that, obviously. Um, would like to see, and this will be my last what I want to see. I want to see our midfield get physical. I, I thought that was an area where Ma North Melbourne really got to us after halftime around the contest, bodying us away from the ball, you know, opening lanes for each other to grab the footy and run through. I just felt like we were worked away from, you know, primary positions at the stoppages. Melbourne are super tough. They're super physical. They're, they're super skilled. They're going to try and do the exact same thing to us. They will try and bully us stoppages and win first use. I want to see our players go back at them. I want to see Georgie Prasparkas and Nina Morrison. You know, I really would, you know, I'm, I'm looking at players like Nina Morrison, uh, you know, who have that physicality to their game, who are going to be able to throw their bodies in uh, and take it up. Uh, to the likes of Hanks and Paxman, etc. Um, so yeah, that that's something I'd really like to say to see, particularly you know when you're going up against a former cat like Olivia Purcell. Hanks and Purcell are their leading contested ball winners. They average eleven and a half and ten and a half contested possessions per game this season. So I really want to see us. You know, go be able to go toe to toe with them around the stoppages. That that's that's something I'd really love to see. Um, I really want to see it, folks. I really want to see it. 
Um, and you're looking at play. I mean, we've got four players who are averaging 10 or more contested possessions this season. Amy McDonald, 12 and a half. Nina Morrison, 11. Becky Webster, 10. And Prasparkas, 10. Becky Webster, it might be the perfect time to get her back. She got a game under her belt last week after coming back from injury. And now she's straight into a massive matchup against the Ds. I think she does add you know, more experience to the side, more experience to the midfield. I think she's a fantastic addition for us. So there you have it. Uh, massive challenge. It's a huge challenge that we face. Um, but this is what happens when you enter that realm of being a contender. These are the big matches you start, you know, needing to win. If we could beat the Ds, our season opens up. The top four uh, really opens up for us, and it would be a massive statement. We'd be four and one through five weeks, and I really don't look down our schedule and see a tougher game the rest of the way outside of this one. I really don't. So uh, this is just huge. It's a it's a clash of the titans. Uh, it's the champs versus the challengers. Let's hope our cats, the challengers, can lay down a marker and, and get one over the champs. The first time we've been able to play the D's. Let's hope we mark it with a win uh, and a four quarter effort at the very very least. All right, I'm going to jump over now, do my Patreon match predictions. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Um, hopefully the the solo show hasn't been too tough to bear um but yeah we'll be back in the virtual studio uh probably monday night to recap this game unless we get inspired or loose from our day jobs uh, prior to that uh, but yeah a recap will be coming at the latest early next week of this game hopefully it's a cat's win until next time go cats